Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shay Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find His hope, His grace, His healing, and ultimately, His love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, good evening. Uh, we are glad you're here with us this evening. We um, are enjoying this uh, springtime weather in the middle of winter, and so we uh, are glad to be here tonight. I'm here with my lovely wife, Shay. Hi, Shay. Good evening. As the cedar seems to be leaving the air, our voices seem to be coming back, so that's a blessing as well. Uh, we didn't get to pray before we got started tonight, so I'm going to jump in and pray tonight. And uh, so, Lord, we just thank you for being with us tonight for speaking in our hearts and speaking in through our words tonight. Father, I just thank you for people who might be listening. I thank you for bringing people to listen who need to hear tonight's um, talk. And I thank you for loving us, for giving us your hope and your future. And Father, I do thank you that you love offering real answers to life's tough questions. Because there's nothing that you shy away from, and we praise you for that. Thank you for Mark, and thank you for his skill, and we thank you that you're going to work through our words tonight, and we thank you for this radio station. We ask that you bless it, and may you bless those listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are glad to be here. Uh, you're listening to Healing Hidden Wounds, which uh, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. And just to, to remind you, Shadow of His Wings Ministry is a listener-supported ministry. Our website is www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We actually have a, I'm going to put in a little plug here for a men's retreat we have coming up next weekend. It's called the Fervent Warrior Men's Retreat. We have a few slots left. Uh, you can go online at that same website, and there's a little bit of an outline of what we're going to be doing. It's... Uh, it's a weekend to try and help men become more impassioned with Christ and, and become impassioned through Christ. And so that's our hope, that we will be uh, getting there sometime next weekend. So we hope that you will join us. It starts Friday evening at 7 o'clock. It'll end around lunchtime on Sunday. Uh, if you want to attend, you have to go on and register. And there's a $50 registration fee that will hold your slot. And so that is really all you need to do. So you're welcome to, to join in. We are also a call-in show. Uh, we will be talking about uh, sexual assault and sexual abuse tonight. And so if you'd like to call in, our number is 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you. As we uh, kind of wrapped up the show last week with Shay's story of her sexual assault, uh, we kind of wanted to pick up a little bit and talk a bit more about rape this evening. Uh, we know that rape and sexual abuse is a very hard topic, but we certainly, as I prayed, I don't believe Jesus ever shies away from the hard topics. He's always interested in making sure that we understand and that we know his best with regards to the hurts in our life. I think sometimes what happens is the 
the church shies away from some of the harder topics, and that makes people feel like, I guess, Jesus isn't interested in my hard topic. But he really is. He really is interested in knowing who we are. He already knows who we are, but he wants us to know who, who that he knows who we are. And so I just, uh, I, I am talking to those people out there who may have had some hard things happen to them as children or as an adult and hasn't been able to feel comfortable sharing it yet. We hope that you'll be interested in, in at least listening. And if you'd like to call in, again, that number is 210-340-9585. Well, and I was thinking specifically about statistics and... You know, as we were coming in to start talking about the show, I was thinking, you know, with one in five girls or women, um, that one in five are sexually assaulted, molested, raped, or, you know, incest, any form of sexual abuse, and one in ten boys. So we're thinking, yeah, we're talking that, Somewhere right now, as we're talking, out of the every five female listeners, one of those individuals has had some sort of sexual violence in her life. Exactly. And out of the men, there are one in ten. You know, as we were sitting and and before we came in here, you know, we stopped in uh, to get a bite to eat. And I kind of looked around and I was just thinking, wow, you know, I mean, even if you're you go through this abuse as a child or or as a teenager or an adult you know you look around and and if you think about the enormous numbers that that can be just when you're sitting in a place um i just think it's something to think about absolutely and each one of those is a wounded heart exactly and that is our desire is to reach the wounded heart, to get to that person who has been wounded and maybe even that person who has been wounded and, and has decided I really can't talk about it or I should just put it away. You know, it happened a long time ago, so why even worry about it? Why even think about it? But the things that you, you decide that you shouldn't think about are usually the things that are the hardest to not think about. Because they keep rattling in your mind. Well, and sometimes I just want to offer that sometimes when you're, you know, as you grow up, even at a young age, if if something like, you know, sexual abuse happens at a really young age, you you may not know who to talk to or if it's okay to talk. Um I don't know. It's just, you know, I think about just kind of timelines, you know, in my own life. And, you know, there there, there were situations, I mean, I can think when I was in elementary school, you know, uh, a situation happened with a couple of boys, you know, by the restroom. And then I remember walking home from school one day as a junior high student and, um, and getting stopped and molested. And, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes if you look, even I would just offer to folks, sometimes maybe just sitting down and we work with folks sometimes and just have them do a, a sexual timeline. When I've done groups before, I've sat and I've said, let's, let's work on your, your sexual timeline. Sure. Looking you at know, their sexual history. 
Yeah, looking at your sexual history. You know, when was the first? Because sometimes you you have things that happen, and you know you just kind of block them out. You learn you don't want to talk about it, but then as time progresses, you find you know directions in your life. You know, there it talks about how. Um, you know, some of the reactions or some of the the secondary symptoms of sexual abuse, you know, or depression and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and loneliness and insecurity. And, you know, you could probably name a few more. What What would some more of those be? Well, certainly, you know, people begin to realize that they have trouble maintaining relationships. Okay. You know, they have a, a, a bit of a fear factor. They're afraid of relationship, afraid of people. They may have trouble trusting people. Right. And so they kind of withdraw or they withhold themselves in social settings. You know, I think it's an amazing thing as you're talking about a sexual history timeline. I don't know how many times we've done counseling or I've done counseling where I've asked somebody to do a sexual history timeline and they don't even remember a certain event. Until we begin to talk about the timeline, and I may ask a question like, so so you're saying before the age of whatever, you don't remember anything sexual happening in your life. And as we begin to kind of delve into that, then it's like, oh, yeah, there was this time that, but I don't really, I don't really think about that much anymore. But then you start to unravel that piece of string, and you find that it's more, it's been more of an effect in their lives than what they think. Right, and I guess that's just what I'm offering to folks out there. Um, if you know you've been through sexual abuse, then it may be a little easier, but it may also be worth looking at, you know, what is your sexual history timeline. And if you find that you have um, some issues with sexuality or relationships, you know, just to look at it. I'm not saying that... You know, that it's all wrapped around sexual abuse or, or sexual assault or any of those things, but it is definitely worth looking at. And I think it's okay in this situation to really trust your heart. If you remember something or if you bring, if something comes to your mind and you feel specifically either some fear about it or some hurt about it, just be careful not to so quickly tell yourself, oh, I, that's happened a long time ago. Never mind. That's not even worth looking at. You know, I think what I have watched is it's been amazing that some people don't even realize that what they went through could have been some sort of sexual brokenness or sexual wounding. You know, I, I've worked with many folks who found, you know, who began to look through their sexual history and, <coughs> excuse me, and what they thought was playing doctor, so to speak, turned out to be something that still has some effect on their lives. You know, I think that is one of the most devastating um, misnomers or some most devastating definitions of our time because a lot of people write off, oh, we just played doctor or it was a you touch mine, I'll touch yours experience, and we try to act like that's all normal. But you know what, if that is a hurtful thing, if that is something you remember is hurtful, then there could be some sexual broken, uh, some sexual brokenness there. There could be some sexual violence there. You know, it's like, especially if you as a child felt coerced 
in a situation of doctor or if you felt coerced in a situation of sexual play by an older friend or an older uh, brother or sister, you know, it's sometimes we're afraid to look at that and go, wow, that was more than just playing doctor because I walked away feeling hurt or I walked away feeling scared. You know, when those kinds of things happen, that's not just, oh, well, that was a, a situation of playing doctor. That was a situation of being hurt. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, go and tell everyone I've been sexually abused. But it may be important for you to look at those things and say, wow, you know, was I hurt then? And what did that teach me about my sexuality? And what did it teach me about who I am? It's very similar. It's not exactly the same, but it can be similar in date rape situations. You know, a young girl goes out with a boy. She thinks he's great. You know, they seem to have some things in common. They have a great time. They go to dinner or they go to a movie or they go to a party. And the next thing you know, everything's going great. And the next thing you know, they're in the back seat of a car and and it seems to be going in a good place because it feels like this is great and he really likes me and I like him and this is wonderful and we make out. And the next thing you know, it turns to, you know, I don't really want to do this, but every time I kind of say no or push him off, he doesn't stop. And and before I know it, something's happening that I don't want to happen and I don't know how to stop it now. And he walks away feeling like we've had a great night and I walk away feeling like I've been hurt and I've been... uh um, exposed or I've been, something's been done to me that I don't know what to do with now and I feel a bit depressed and sad. You know, there's something there that's more than just, oh well, I should have tried harder to say no. Uh, it's important to say, you know, I, I didn't know what to do and maybe I got hurt. Maybe I'm, I've got some wounding there because maybe that was a coerced sexual experience. And I know this is kind of pulling off some, you know, hard, uh, some, some boundaries that some people say, oh, I don't want to talk about that or I'm not going there. But it is important that we look at our sexual brokenness and the things that have happened in our life to hurt us sexually. And so if you haven't looked at that, I think it's very important to just take a, a little bit of time. You know, I think it can be helpful. I know it's probably a little bit scary. And, and you know, this is for men listening out there as well. You know, in our ministry, we work with men and women, and and it's not just men who have same-sex attraction. We also work with men who just have sexual brokenness or have issues where they, when they come in, just relational issues. And many times a guy has realized that, you know, there was a time when his older cousin said, if you do this, I'll give you a toy, or if you do this, I'll, uh, you know, I'll hang out with you. And it was something sexual, and he doesn't realize what it did to him, but it, it, he carries some shame about it. So it's important to begin to open up these wounds and realize that there may have been whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it a sexual assault, a sexual abuse, or some sort of sexual uh, violence, that there's something there that hurt me in this process. Well, if you're listening right now and some of these things are triggering some memories or they're there perhaps uh, one you you desire to maybe share this with someone you're welcome to call in you don't have to share your real name but you're welcome to call in at 210-340-9585 I also want to give uh the national hotline for rain it's rape abuse incest national network now this is not a 
a Christian network, so they're not going to really be able to pray with you or to offer you spiritual advice in, in the brokenness here, but their number is one eight zero zero six five six hope That's 1-800-656-HOPE. Well, and i just like to offer that this is a good, if you're in a situation immediately or right now, this is just an, a great emergency hotline number, you know, for, for quick answers and quick help. Uh, I just also would like to offer our information, just if you want to email or call, it's info at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And our number is 210-887-9007. Yes, you're welcome to call us. We are not a 24-hour hotline, so we won't be able to respond, uh, you know, in 24, as a hotline would. So if you're in the midst of pain or you're in the midst of a crisis tonight, you may want to use the 1-800 number, but we'd certainly be glad to help you and follow up with you. Um, you know, coming into our, through our own brokenness has helped us find that, you know, God absolutely does not shy away from those who have experienced sexual abuse and sexual violence. It's sometimes hard for the church to talk about, but it is an important topic for the church to talk about because so many times it's hard to just, it's so, so many times it's hard to say, what do I do now? What does God think of me? Because sometimes this whole broken place of sexual violence and abuse can cause a lot of shame. Well, I was thinking earlier about how difficult it is to to talk about this. You know, it's a shame. It's a shame that it's so difficult to talk about because it's a it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing that happens to children. It's a horrible thing that happens to teenagers, adults, elderly women. There are no boundaries. There are no boundaries with this pain and with this hurt. And, but yet it's such a taboo subject. It's such something that people just really don't like to talk about. And I was thinking earlier, what, what was the hardest thing for me to look at in my own life, you know, as far as going and reaching out for help and, and what was the thing that kept me from it and I would say for me one of the one of the biggest things the one that I think about right now is just the fear of my own feelings the fear of you know there's so many emotions that are tied into into being sexually assaulted into rape into incest into anything that violates your body in such a way, there are so many feelings that sometimes the only way I can describe it is just, you know, it was all wrapped up, up into one, and in my own heart, I couldn't, I couldn't unravel it, you know, and I didn't trust anybody to help me unravel it. But yet I think I was so afraid of my anger, I mean, because I had a lot of anger, I had a lot of fear, but I think that my number one thing was probably my anger. And I was so angry that I was afraid of my own anger because sometimes I didn't know what I would do with that anger. And I didn't know if I trusted anybody to see my anger. 
Does that make any sense? Absolutely. So I just want to offer again our number here. If anybody would like to call in just to talk, it is 210. Can you give them that number? Sure, 210-340-9585. And what Shay is describing is really important because there is no right or wrong way to deal with sexual violence of any kind, whether it's rape or sexual abuse. It is... Some days you feel very angry, and some days you may feel just very sad, and some days you may not know quite what to feel. You know, I had a, a, an individual look at me one time, and she said, I don't even know that I know who I am now that this has happened, because I am a different person now. And I do believe that sexual violence, sexual uh, abuse, rape, causes your heart to feel as if it's changed. Because when someone so intimately violates a person, it changes who they even see themselves to be. And I know that may sound odd to people who have not worked in this area or have not experienced it, but when a person intimately violates you, whether it be through abuse or rape, whether it's a child or an adult, when that happens, it changes who you think yourself to be. Because it changes what you see about yourself. Because there is, I haven't found a way yet, and at least in my experience working with folks, I haven't found yet that a person doesn't go through some level of why me, what did I do wrong, why did this happen to me, and there must have been something I did to cause this. Which all ultimately leads back to one thing, which is I'm a bad person and I'm ashamed because I should have known better and how to do differently, not allow this to happen, keep it from happening. Why did he choose me? Why did any of this happen to me? So there must be something about me that's bad. And I just think it's important to really grasp that if you're listening and this has happened to you. You may have some broken places in in your identity where this thing has told you that you're something that you're not. Right, exactly. I would like to also, I was sitting here thinking one thing that is pretty common that you hear is sometimes you're told either by someone else or you're told by yourself, just something inside of yourself says, well, I should be over this by now, or I should have gotten up. I should have gotten over this by now. Or why don't you just go ahead and get your good big girl panties on? You know, those kinds of things. Sure. I mean, those statements, they just really bother me because, no, you know, if you were, if you were sexually abused as a child or as growing up or even, you know, whenever, you know, if you have not gotten to a place where you've healed or you've, or you've been able to talk with someone about it, no, you shouldn't be over it yet. You know, if you're over it that quickly and you haven't talked about it or worked through it, you're just behind some walls that you've put built around your your heart. Sure, and no matter how busy you make yourself, no matter how you pour yourself into your life or pour yourself into your kids or pour yourself into your work or pour yourself into your husband or your wife, the bottom line here is, is until you deal with it, it's going to be harder to make it go away because the less you talk about it, the more it stays inside your head. When you bring it out and you start to share it 
when you allow it to enter into the light, then Jesus has a wonderful way of showing truth into the light and allowing truths to fill those places of your darkness, to fill those places of your brokenness. Because that's what he really wants to do. Is he wants to free you from whatever this has made you to believe about yourself or about this world we live in or about people. Because he does have a sp- special place in his heart for the brokenhearted. And I think he knows that this particular wounding, sexual woundedness, is one of Satan's biggest tricks. Because if he can knock us down here, he can devastate our identity and that's what Jesus wants to do is help our identity regain itself and to become whole again so join us after the break 210-340-9585 now let him reign in my life and my heart your love has done its part now let him reign in my life and my heart your love has done its part let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love is done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love is done its part. Your love is done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my Well, welcome back, and we are talking tonight about sexual violence, sexual woundedness. We're glad that you're joining us. Uh, You're listening to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. If you have questions or comments, you're welcome to call in tonight at 210-340-9585. We are uh, just interested in making sure that people know absolutely the healing power of Christ in every situation because it has been our experience that it is sometimes easier to talk about, you know, can you heal my wounded heart from sadness or from the loss of a loved one or can you heal my wounded heart from divorce But when you start talking about something as difficult as sexual abuse and sexual assault, can you, can you heal my wounded heart from, from being a little girl and my daddy sexually abusing me at night? Or can you heal my wounded heart from being a a teenager and thinking that I had my whole life ahead of me and this boy that I thought was wonderful took all of that away from me. Or maybe you're thinking, can you heal my wounded heart from a situation similar to Shay's, where you're starting your life as a young adult and you're on your own in your new apartment and somebody breaks in and violently takes your innocence. You know, God is there and he wants to say, I do want to heal your wounded heart. I want to heal it. I want to touch it in ways that only I know how. And I want you to know that I have not seen you any differently. I see you exactly the way I've always seen you. And I want to heal what this world has done to you. You know, folks, we live in a broken and a fallen world. And sometimes that just doesn't make sense. So therefore, sometimes these things don't make sense. So if you've had something like this happen, maybe you're a, a man sitting out there saying, you know, I remember when, 
you know, my uncle Joe used to come in and uh, he wanted to, to play a special game with me and it never made me feel very good. You know, we're not here to shame anybody. We're not here to, to out anybody in their brokenness, but we think it's important if you begin to look at your past and in your brokenness and realize that there's some woundedness because God loves to heal our woundedness and he wants to heal it directly. He wants to come directly into it and he doesn't feel any shame towards us for it. I know you hear the word sex and people want to run for cover and everybody wants to say, oh, we can't talk about that on a Christian radio station. And oh boy, we certainly can't talk about sexual abuse on a Christian radio station. But you know what? Christ is Lord over all of that. And he understands it. And he knows how it devastates a heart. So we're interested in making sure that the brokenhearted know that God is still listening and he hasn't stepped away. So that's our hope tonight. If you have a, a comment or a question, if you'd like to share a part of your own story, you're welcome to call at 210-340-9585. If you hear our show tonight and it triggers something and you just feel hurt and you want to talk and you don't know who to turn to, there's a national hotline called the RAIN Hotline. It's Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. It's 1-800-656-HOPE. We just want you to know if you also started going through, if you, if you start to see that you need to talk to someone, we offer counseling. It's all on a donation basis. It's as you see fit. You call us 210-887-9007 or you can email us at info at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And you just let us know you're interested. Our counseling is offered on donation basis. We do ask for some sort of donation, but we would never want finances to keep you from getting the help God has for you. So we would be glad to be here for you. So let's keep talking a little bit about sexual abuse and and sexual violence and how much it affects folks. Well, I was just wondering if you could share with folks um, just some of the effects of sexual abuse. Well, you know, I think, uh, if you, if you kind of, if you put it in a situation where you, you kind of watch a child, children love to make their parents happy. They love to make most people happy. They, they strive to, to look to their adult figures to say, am I doing it okay? Is this the way you, is it good? Is it nice? Is it, is it okay? And when a parent or when a, a a person who knows this child steps into their boundaries, steps into their their safe place, and begins to abuse them, it shatters their belief about what's real and what's trustworthy, and their ability to understand what they're supposed to do to make their parents happy. So that causes a whole new shift in their belief system. Okay, so it's like. Say this is dad who's hurting his, his daughter or his son, or maybe this is Uncle Joe, and it's like, you know, what do I do with this? Uh, it causes a, a feeling of no one is really very trustworthy. And my black just became white, my blue just became green, it all seems different now. I don't know what to do with this. 
because their whole world is be, has become something they they can't even grasp an understanding of. Because this man is supposed to be a man who, or this woman for that matter, is supposed to be someone I can trust. They're my caregiver. They're family. They're supposed to be somebody that I am going to be treated well by. And now this is happening. So what does this mean? And sometimes the perpetrator, the person causing the abuse, sometimes puts a lot of questions in their mind as well. Like this is our special time. This is my special way of loving you. This is my special touch. And so to that child, it makes that child be, they become very confused as to what is good, what is bad, why does he say this is good or his special, but it doesn't feel very special. And then sometimes the body even betrays that child because as a, ch- as a person begins to abuse that child, sometimes the body responds sexually and it starts to feel okay. And I know that's kind of scary because people are like, oh, my gosh, we can't talk about that either. But sometimes even that child begins to feel sexual and they're confused by that as well. And so the whole devastation is, is it, it just shatters their foundation of who they are and what's trustworthy and what's not trustworthy. Well, and I've I've worked with women uh, before that, you know, as as young children, as middle schoolers, high schoolers, you know, they've, um, it's been like a coach that have, they've trusted a gym teacher, a, uh, a teacher in general, sure. you know, and, but, but a, a few have had, you know, like gym coaches that are female. And so at that point, then they start questioning even their own sexuality. Certainly. And that happens a lot. If you have a a young girl who's sexually abused by a woman coach or a woman teacher or even an aunt, or you have a young boy who's sexually abused by, you know, a pastor, a youth pastor, or his uncle or his coach, then it's like, you know, what do I do now? You know, this this does this make me gay? Does it make me lesbian? What does it do to my sexuality? Who am I? And then if there, if that happens over an extended period of time, then it's like, well, what do I do with this? It seems to feel good. And I really want to say that, but just because it feels good doesn't mean you thought it was good. Because sexual abuse can sometimes cause a person to feel sexual even though it's abuse. And God doesn't hold you responsible for that. Our bodies respond. We have sexual parts that do respond sexually. Even as children. You know, I worked with a, a, a young lady a long time ago who came to me and said, you know, I, I don't even know why I'm here. I know I was sexually abused, but it was all my fault because I remember going into my dad's bedroom and giving him uh, sexual gratification. And she said, so I know it's all me. I know it's my fault. I know I'm a bad girl. And, and it took a long time to help her understand what she became to what she came to know as normal was not normal it was hurtful and yet her little girl mind all she knew is i want to make my daddy happy and this is what he thinks seems to like so i really want to encourage and like shay just said it may be a coach you know it's like what do i do when my sexuality responds it doesn't necessarily mean that you're broken it doesn't necessarily mean <coughs> excuse me that you're a lesbian or that you're gay or that 
somehow you're a bad girl or a bad boy. What it means is, is our sexuality is our sexuality, and sometimes it responds even when we don't know how to control it. And can you talk a little bit about sexual abuse within children? Sure, I think that's one of the the more difficult places is uh, it's usually one of the more underreported abuses because a child doesn't really understand what to do. Sure, but we've certainly worked with sev- you know quite a few people that have you know have reported where you know it's been an older teenager sure. and they're say 6 years old, 7 years old, you know, in the comparison in ages there, and sure. well, you go ahead and talk. Well, and I think that's well, the most r- difficult thing is the reason why it's most underreported is because we usually don't hear about it. P- the you know caregivers and and counselors don't usually hear about it until that person's an adult, because let's say it's your you know your nine year old brother who's starting to come into your room and you're a female and you're seven. You know, it's hard to know what to do with that. You know, the nine-year-old starts to to play, you touch mine, I'll touch yours. And the next thing you know, it happens on a regular basis. Well, what do I do with that? Do I tell mom and dad? Uh, what does that make me? Uh, if I If it happens more than once, does it make me a co-contributor to this brokenness? You know, he's only nine, so sometimes parents are told, but then they don't really know what to do with that. So they just say, don't do it again, and yet they don't know what to do about it. And I think that's a very difficult thing, and it's it's important to know that that is, is hurtful. It's still just as hurtful. It still sets up a place of mistrust, especially in the younger kid, because this is supposed to be my brother or my sister. They're supposed to know how to help me. They're supposed to protect me. And so is this a game? Is this, what do they do, what do we do here? And it can cause devastating effects in your sexuality down the road because you end up starting to do sexual things as a child that you might not have ever gotten into had this older sibling not encouraged it. We're going to keep talking about uh, this particular issue of rape and sexual abuse. I think we may have a caller, so... uh, Sorry, we had a little bit of a, the lights went out just momentarily. It was a little. So we weren't sure what was going on for a second there. But, uh, I think that's going to be a devastating, you know, sibling abuse is very hard. Same age kind of things is also difficult because what do you do with that? I think we have a caller. Hi, you're on the air with Lee and Shay. Howdy. I just wanted to address the, the impact on the rest of the family. Sure. And it's basically destroying my marriage from the abuse that my wife had as a child. And not only did she get abused by her dad, but she took it thinking that she was saving her sisters. And so now she's also got the guilt that he abused them also. And so so there's this huge gap of trust. And what I found out in my brothers in law, as we've studied this is that women that have been abused sexually, look at it as a loss of control and power. And so in the relationships that they have with us, it's a constant battle of who who has the power, which kind of goes against God's design for the family. And it feels emasculating 
when we keep getting undercut and undermined, like with our discipline with our children, um, my relationship with my daughters is not the correct way because I wasn't intimate enough with them, holding them and stuff, because I've always felt like I was constantly under the gun on, you know, to, will she misinterpret how I'm, you know, holding or hugging my daughter. Sure. And so now there's that kind of void. And then the other part that it's gone to is um, it's driven an issue where because she can't trust other people either emotionally and there's in the physical trust, she's brought in what they call emotional incest, where instead of being able to trust me as her husband, because she manifests all these issues with her dad and other boys that took advantage of her, that she turns the kids into the emotional shoulder that I should be, which with my oldest son, it drove us apart because it was like there was a competition between me and him on mom's affection. Sure. And because there's not that trust, every time I deployed, she would pick a different child that she would try to get that bond with. And two of them abused it to what they thought was their advantage because they got control. And then when you have problems in the family because there's all this dysfunction, when you get CPS involved trying to fix things, they completely disregard anything about how, you know, I've tried to explain how these issues have impacted our family and that we need whole family counseling. They just look at it as, well, you have anger issues. So it's, it's really frustrating. And anytime we've gone to therapy and it gets anywhere close to that, she goes, I've already buried that in a box and I don't need to address it. And I just never hear shows like this address the impact on the rest of the family and the dynamics and how it, I think just even not having husbands, I think this is another issue that impacts the moral decay of our families. And with that, I will go back to listening to you unless you have questions for me. Well, no, I don't, I don't really have questions, but I, I'm so glad that you called in because a lot of the things you're talking about there are definitely issues, you know, uh, uh, the hair on the back of my neck always goes up when somebody says, no, I've already buried that in a box and I'm not ever going back to opening that box. Uh, you know, those are definitely hurts and they're hurts, they're hurts that hurt the entire family. Um, but I, I do know, I've watched it happen is, is that if, if all of you, especially you and your wife, I always think personally that if you and your wife can sit down first and, and um and talk and get some of those things worked out the kids will follow but it's i i just appreciate you sharing it because yes yeah, some of those things are definitely issues that sometimes control can be an issue uh because a person who's been sexually abused feels so out of control and so afraid that sometimes children do become their safe place because they're the ones that are the safe ones they're their children and you're like a man that's like everybody else that may have hurt me. And so those, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened and I don't know your situation well enough to say, but certainly those things can be hurtful and they can cause division. 
but God is good and that if, if maybe the two of you could sit down again with somebody who, who maybe could help navigate and see if your wife might be interested in opening that box, there's also a great journey of a husband who can help walk through that with her because then she begins to see that there's somebody else who's safe here. So I so appreciate you calling in. All right. Thank you, and y'all have a blessed evening. Thank you. Do you want to add anything to that, Shay? Or? Well, no. I I don't have too much to add to it. I was just thinking about the emotional incest, and and you know, at some point it may meet it may meet the need of her heart. She may think that it does. But I guess my heart goes out to the children because, because I've seen, I've seen kids in that situation. And as they grow it, as they grow up and they become adults and they move into that, it can just really be devastating. And, and it can also, it'll come back around to where, you know, they really as a couple, as a married couple, it would really be beneficial for them to, to just kind of go through some healing, absolutely, and um, I just to to kind of just heal. Sure, because I absolutely do want to say to to anyone listening, this is not just because I don't know the whole story of this last caller, but anytime, and I'm just saying this out loud, and I hope people hear it from my heart. Anytime somebody says that's been buried in a box and I'm never going to go back and look at it again. It's it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Well, yeah, that's just like earlier when I said, you know, when people say get your big girl panties on or you know, or oh, I've already I've already gotten over that. It's like, uh, I don't I don't know, you know. I just Absolutely. don't know that I always buy that because um you know, I mean, if you've gotten over it, then it should be okay to talk about it. Sure. You know, because once you get to healing to to a place of healing, you know, you want to praise God. You know what? He's brought me healing. But if it's still a place where you start looking at it and it's like, uh, I've already gotten over that. It's like touching a sore spot and, it, you know, it starts oozing and, and, you know, it's just there's stuff left there. And it's always beneficial to look sure. and to say, hey, is there anything left there that could be causing me to react this way or that way or, or do these things, you know? Because I... Everything that that caller just talked about are pretty much very textbook examples of what can happen when a woman has been abused and then gets married. Exactly. You know, she may have some what they call, I believe it's called misogyny, which is a hatred towards, uh, I think misandry actually is a hatred towards men. Uh, and, and I don't mean actually hate, like I hate men. It's more... I don't trust men. I don't know how to trust grown men. I can more easily trust my son or my daughter because they're close to me. They're, I, I know them, and I know they can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. But uh, a grown man is somebody who reminds me of my abuser, so uh, I don't know how to relate to him in ways that are, are not a little bit fearful and a little bit distrusting. You know, and then therefore what can happen is sometimes an assault or abuse survivor can actually draw their children into the place of their primary confidant, their primary caretaker, the one who they go to, to take care of their emotional needs. And that's devastating to children because they're not meant to be that person. 
they're meant to be taken care of. They're not meant to be the ones who are confided in or, sh- or share somehow the burden of taking care of the mom or the abuse survivor. And so all those things certainly, and I just want to say, if you, if you're listening right now and you, that rings true in your mind somewhere for you, don't ever worry that somehow if I've already been to counseling, I should already be over this, or if I've already talked to somebody about it, I should already be over this. Because the truth is, is that, you know, as you have, I've seen, you know, you can go to counseling several times and you may still have things you need to keep dealing with. I haven't found anybody who's absolutely free from everything they've ever struggled with. Exactly. And so maybe it's not a counselor. Maybe you need to go see a friend or maybe you need to talk to a pastor. But it's, it's you know, anytime something creeps up that says, this isn't good. You know, there's something here that's causing me pain. There's something here that causes me to hurt. Then don't ignore it. Don't say I buried that or I'm done with that or I've already, you know, I don't know how many times I've had people tell me, well, I've been to counseling already and I've dealt with that. Well, hmm, let's look at it because there's something there that's, it's creeping back up again. I call it sewer in the basement. You know, you can act like it's not there. You can pretend that nothing stinks, but if it stinks, it stinks and it's time to start looking at it. And God's good. He loves overturning every stone. He loves to overturn stones because guess what? He wants us to live free. He wants that last caller to live free in his marriage. He wants his wife to live free. He wants us to live free from the bondage of our wounds. He cares very much about the wounding that we go through. And if we try to box it up and put it away, all we're really doing is hiding the fungus down in the basement. And fungus is the only thing that grows well in the dark. If you bring it out in the light, it stops growing. And it may mean that you have to keep talking about it. It may mean that you may hurt again by going through it. And this is to folks of any walk that may be struggling with some of the things in their past. You know, it's our determination that God loves to have us live free and abundantly. You know, Shay asked me this morning, what... What are the things that bring us joy? I think we were talking about joy comes when you can let go of your past and, and, and live free. But freedom sometimes allows us to see that there may still be some bumps in our road and that we have to go back to looking out again. We're not ever completely done this side of heaven. I promise you, if you think you are, then you may be pulling yourself up by your big girl pants and that's not helpful. So join us next week. We will keep talking because we do want to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We hope through the words spoken here, you found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and this radio show is listener-supported. Please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do.